listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. Tennille, our mum, and Emma, her awesome friend, share deep passion for the snow. They started the podcast together to share all their experiences with you. Between them, they have skied over 95 resorts, both held ski instructor qualifications, lived and worked in resorts, and still spent every hard-earned dollar skiing. They set their lives up around snow travel, and our ski bags are always packed, ready to go. We're certainly not complaining about this, are we? No way. And even better, we get to share all the experiences. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Very well, thanks, Emma. Good to be here on your Snow Life podcast. Great to have you here, Tom. Um, So today we're speaking with Tom Gelly, who is from Big Picture Skiing, um, an online coaching academy. We'll sum it up like that for the moment. We'll get into it a little bit more. Um, Carve, Carve app and functional body. Really good time to have a chat about actually your your business because it is kind of all off snow. But, yes, but just take us back to the beginning, really, Tom. Like how did you become a ski instructor? <laughs> how did I become a ski instructor? <laughs> yeah. I, I finished university studying uh, ecotourism, so that was in Albury. Wodonga and I had always wanted to go to Canada and that was since a little boy and so I went went to Canada and the way that the university season or whatever the way my uni degree finished I didn't get to leave until uh, January so I got to Vancouver I had no job and I was at the hostel and I started emailing ski resorts and I got a job as a boot fitter, uh, sorry, a rental like clerk, so handing out rental skis at Silverstar. And so I rocked up to Silverstar, no accommodation, nothing, and started working uh, in rentals. And at that time, I was Down actually. Down in the dungeon self- at Silverstar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just thought, I just need a job. And yep. then I can get a pass and, and do that. And um, I was a telemark skier. So for people that don't know, that's like free heel, not cross-country skiing, so downhill telemark skiing. And not many people do that. And so I went. I, I actually spoke to the head of the kids' ski school centre because he was riding telemarking. He saw me out there one day. And he said, oh, why don't you run some lessons? And he sort of gave me a shot. Awesome. And yeah. And then so that started going well. And I was really obsessed with becoming like the best telemark skier in the world at that point. This is 2006. Yeah. And he said, you know what you need to do? You need to go get your level one, come back next year, work in the kids' center with me. You can also do your telemark stuff, but you need to do Alpine. And I said, yeah, because I don't want to be in rentals and uh, there's not enough work telemark skiing. So I did that. Next year and actually following year, got my level two, level three. Yeah. So level two, level three. In, in the same year. Two seasons. Nice yeah, one. yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I think telemark skiing, because your heels aren't locked in, I had pretty good balance from that. So I didn't find alpine skiing like so challenging in, in that realm I get, or, or pushing my alpine skiing. So that's why I think I was able to um, go fairly fast to the levels. Yeah, I would have thought the teaching would have been the hardest part in the same year, from two to three. But Silverstar, who was your who was the ski school director at that time? Was it I was Norm? Norman Norm Kreutz. Well, you kind yeah. of got to learn from the best, don't you? Really. And what about yeah. was Guy was Guy Paulson there, and was he on his telemark journey about there as well? Then he hadn't you? started. He oh. hadn't started yet. Yeah, okay. yeah. So okay. he, so yeah, as I started getting out of it, because so I I I I kept doing alpine but also pursuing this goal of being really good telemark skier and i made the australian demo team which is the top instructors in australia and i made that for the 2011 team and we went to st anton in austria and i was the only telemark skier in that sort of field of maybe eight or nine alpine skiers and three snowboarders yeah wow and yeah and it was was amazing That was 2011. 2011. Yeah. So that's a quick, like, five years to make it to national team, to the demo yeah. team. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah so, you, so you had some really amazing skills then. You knew <laughs> you knew your body and your balance. <laughs> yeah. I, I, 
do you know, I think there's some things in life you just know you're quite good at. And for some reason, you know, I grew up cross-country skiing. I never actually downhill skied until I was 22. Wow. Yeah, always, but I'd done I always, sorry. Sport, I always think the sport chooses you. I think Meaning so. You can want to be the best rugby player in the world, but you, you, if you don't have the talent and stuff, but then you find yourself like, oh, my God, I can't believe I've got these skills for telemarking. And you just, yeah, <laughs> I totally agree. Like I, I think that's, that's a funny thing in life that you just can't, yeah, like you said, the sport chooses you. And I feel like skiing is a little bit like that. Because now, I mean, I'm maybe jumping ahead here, <clears throat> but I've worked my way into the ski industry as someone that didn't grow up on snow mm. from Australia. But now I guess, you know, I feel like I'm getting some respect around the world from all sorts of, you know, technology companies, associations, yeah. seeking advice. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I don't think yeah, there's something else going on that, I, you know, yes. like you said, the sport chose me and, and I love it so much and just put so much time and effort. I mean, this morning I was on my rollerblade, but still <laughs> I was doing some rollerblade testing of Carve, which we'll maybe discuss later, which is like yep. a digital sort of insole that you hook up to your phone. So I still try and be involved and think about it i was just before you guys i was chatting to uh four people from the states they're in their off season they're doing preparation training getting to know their body doing exercises i explain why and how these exercises fit into their skiing and we pick up problems now so when they come into their ski season they hit the ground running and yeah they're all instructors so they're like obsessed so with yeah. it and, and i love it so there is kind of that world of instructors, isn't it? There's either the obsessed ones or the ones that are there just to kind of have the uniform and, you know, teach the kids and love life and just kind of go there. So what do you think at what stage did you go, okay, I'm going to be obsessed with this? You realise there was more than just pizzas and French fries. <laughs> uh-huh. was, it, was it the breeding ground of Silver Star? I mean, that is kind of renowned for it in BC, I would imagine, in, in Canada. I reckon it started before then because I think a lot of people in that camp and anyone listening to like learning to be a ski instructor is probably the best way to improve your skiing. And I saw that. Mm. And so I chose that path. I thought that's the, the cheapest, most effective, like to the source sort of thing. And and when you have to teach it, you have to, you really start understanding it better. And yeah. so that's, um, it was, I guess, you know, a lot of people use this like word like hack, like, you know, a life hack or whatever. I felt like that's a bit of a hack into <clears throat> fast tracking your progress. And um, yeah, so that would have yeah. been it. And still to today, that's uh, my approach. Like I'm getting into now living on the Northern beaches, I'm into surfing. And so, yeah, I've looked up the people that, are the nerdiest about surfing, the physics of surfing and the movements. And and it's definitely helping, like, when people see how much I've surfed considering my surfing now, considering how little time I started this summer, basically. Yeah. And it's uh, it's faster than the usual um, the usual person. And that's my approach. Like, that's, that's what yeah. big picture skiing is about. It's about getting people better faster because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, we all know it. Emma, you probably know it. We, you, most people maybe get a couple of weeks a year to ski and if it's something you really love and you've got a family that you know you can't just leave and just go skiing because you love it you might have the money but you just can't do that then what I'm really interested in doing is providing resources so people in their spare time can learn a bunch of stuff so when they get on snow they just do more skiing and get better faster I'd say I divide the world into two and I've always observed this about people. Like some people, you can't tell them anything. You can't teach them anything. They've got to go through it themselves and it's it's their way but it's a long way. And I've always been someone like if someone says there's a something on the road ahead, thanks for telling me, I'll go around it. Like, yeah, take me straight. Take me straight to the experts. Like if you've got a shortcut and I can get there faster, 
going to save me a whole lot of time. So we've only got 100 years in this life, so yeah, hopefully, I don't want to waste time. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's right. So for your online coaching, like it's kind of the learn and train your body to be a better skier. Do you want to get a beginner skier in straight away to teach them how the basics, or is that really? Is it too? Is it difficult to go from a beginner to is? Does big picture skiing work with intermediates and above better is probably what I'm Correct. trying to say. Yes, rather right. than try and get the whole, like, so if you're a beginner, you'd probably go in and go, oh, because you don't get the feeling of the skiing, the sensation yeah. of the sliding, obviously. So it's yeah. a better option. Yeah. We, should, we should maybe um, describe what big picture is. Yeah, yeah, tell us. How was it born? What is big picture? Tell us, actually. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So so uh, March 2020, we all know what happened around that time. And sometimes these challenges bring about the best things. You either, you know, like, you know, the, the block in the road, Emma, you, you take stock and you go, how can I turn this into advantage? So I'd always wanted to maybe write a book or put my stuff out there more professionally because I had a YouTube channel already with about 5,000, 6,000 subscribers, but, but that doesn't pay the bills. And I'm like, this is it. I can't, I can't touch people because of COVID. I'm going to put all I know into videos and, and even uh, don't have to be on snow. I've got a whole bunch of footage already put on there. What do I know that people, whenever I teach, they don't know. And often we talk about on the chairlifts or I'm teaching them, get all that on a website, categorize it. So carving short turns, bumps, <clears throat> off snow training, uh, physics theory, everything just anything and, and and that's what big picture skiing is and it's a membership site so you have to pay to to access it and um and so that's what big picture skiing is like that's one part and then uh a guy named sam robertson who is a former world championships alpine racer from threadbow like incredibly good skier his dad tim robertson is he's been on the demo team i think three times for australia and he's a fantastic Ski instructor, yeah. Sam and I joined forces and we now do online coaching. So with small groups of like these, you know, obsessed people or people that have time, like there's there's some instructors in Perisher and Threadbow we're working with. There's a couple of people that just have the time to be down there and based down in Jindabyne. Yeah. Um, so there's that side of it too. And those people we do like, so once a week we touch base through a Zoom class and we'll go over something um, like what was it the other day? The other day it was about, uh, how, oh, that's right. Okay, so most people when they start getting a little bit better at skiing and they're sort of on the edges, when they go to a steeper run, they can't control their speed very well and instead of and, and they can't carve there so they revert back and they skid, yeah. right, because that slows your speed down, skidding slows you down. So how do you then do what the really good people do, which is you know lay it over, really carve it out? And so we're discussing like the forces involved, the movements you have to make, the sort of concepts in your head about what you're really trying to do and expect in a turn. Yeah. And so we discuss that, and the next day they send video and questions via this app called OnForm, which is basically like WhatsApp with the ability that I can draw and record my voice and go that was great emma like uh you're doing it now you just need to do it like twice as much you know it's it's better than what it was but you could you don't realize you can go even further and then i show a video of me like see the difference at this specific point how much further inside the turn i am or where my body's facing compared to you send it back they're on the lift they look at it go okay do it again <laughs> send a new video or say oh yeah that was that was good and keep practicing okay it's it's i love this i love it but it could be really controversial like at a at a ski school versus you level (laughs) sorry Uh, i see it as like not everyone likes ski school class like not everyone it's like if if you if maybe if you're down there with your friends you're different abilities or you're on your own or i'm always saying to my father-in-law like who's single like go go to the snow by yourself join a you know group whatever so there's that experience as a group but then if you're just like 
I'm thinking of someone like me who, like, my progression, like, when I went to Austria and, and did my, I did my level one and then we had to do all our training every morning before we went teaching on the glacier and everything. And then, and so it was very quick progression. And then the last 15 years having my, my husband, who's, um, you know, a very good skier sort of give me tips, but I didn't even notice like since I've changed skis, I've got new skis now and I'll say, can you please ski behind me and just check that I'm using their skis. And he gets a bit exasperated, like, I don't know. <laughs> and so I'm listening to what you're saying, thinking, I need something like that. That I, I, you just need tips. Like, need help. Like, <laughs> that's exactly it. it. That, that's, that, that's exactly it. Like, there's, see, there's, like, in the world, we do things certain ways because of how people have done it before us. So, if the ski school model is the model. I'm breaking that yeah. and saying most of the time, like, and see, this is again when I'm talking about a beginner. Emma goes down. She's had 15 years of skiing experience, but she's like, what am I doing? I need Stuck in some... that cycle. Yeah. You could go book a lesson um, and you're not sure who you're going to get or say you, you know, engage me, you get your husband to film yourself, you send it to me, I have a look. And then the trick is now and what I'm trying to get better at is how do I get that back to you? in an effective way so then you can change because I might be able to go, see, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong. You're like, great, okay, well, you know, and I'm like, just do this, you know. And on your holiday, on your holiday, you don't want to hear that the whole time on every run, do you? I mean, as a ski instructor, right. as a former ski instructor and you're a former, like you, every, it's really hard to go down a run without nitpicking yourself all the way down the run. Like, yeah. oh, I've done yeah. that, that turn that, you know, and he comes out. So it's it's a fine line, I think, for you because you don't want to get hammer them on every single run on their holiday. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and also just give something really concise, really concise. Yeah. So then yeah. Emma goes up, she goes, oh, yes, I feel that's better. And look, then it's like done. And then we maybe have a bit of a chat in the afternoon, in the evening. You go, oh, I love that was good. I, I look at the video again and I can see that now. And then you go out and say like, you know, the next few days you do it again or you go to something different. It's like, oh, now we're skiing off piste. I can't do this. What do you do here? Like, what do you do, Tom? And then so I can, yeah. Also I find like because I when you change skis, like I changed to a fat pair of Icelandic skis and I've had those for maybe seven years, but then I found. Excuse me. Like I did 18 days last year and then we were skiing on a lot of sort of spring conditions and it coincided with my birthday. I got my kind of like, let's say my groom, you know, my groomer skis, my head. And, and it's like, okay, I need to kind of almost start again with these skis. It's a whole nother technique. So that's where I'm not going to, for me, I'm not going to go and get a lesson. I'm just not, I'm busy. I've got my kids there, but I would utilize your, yeah, because you can go do the kids drop off. You don't have to turn up to the 10 o'clock thing. It might be, and then the next day you might actually get out early and then like when it's like really perfect to, to practice and get video and then you go do your drop off. But you've in the meantime, you can get some feedback and um, like video, video is just so key. Like one yeah. one client uh, today was like, what was it? He said like, you know, watch the video, bought the T-shirt, but I tell you what, it's harder than what you make it look like. <laughs> and and he saw the video of himself, and it's just like, what? Am, like I'm so far off what I thought I was doing. But then he, uh, I gave him some feedback. He sent another video, and he was like, ah, it's okay. But I showed him it is better. Like there's a change. Like you can actually see. And that's the problem we get in our own way when we learn things. We all it's so easy to doubt yourself and go, oh, it's rubbish. But, you know, there were some turns in there where he was doing the right thing. And so I could go, no, 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 this is good. Just keep practising it. And then, you know, then their emotional state changes. They go and practise. They may even do it more. Well, at, and, at, um, as a ski, at, yeah. at ski school, that's what a, one of the most underutilised um, tools is video. Detection and correction was in Canada, you, you you could do it, but in Australia there wasn't any facilities to be able to do it, you know, and in Utah as well. But... How do you, like, 
half of half of your battle though I would imagine is like please get the video like please take the video from the right angle is that would that be a, like a thing that you have to coach people not as, as much well? anymore no <laughs> yeah. I mean like th- like the like phones these days are amazing yeah and um like like I've been doing this for a long time looking at really crappy quality videos shaky yeah. love like, it pixelated so I I can kind of see through it yeah um so but that's that's taken time but yeah just like anyone they just just give your partner even sometimes a stranger can you just film me doing 10 turns that's all i need that's all i need to then go ah cool and and then you know usually skiing towards and, and past the camera is all you need and you go from there okay so take us back to how you got that skill like how many years have you been a ski instructor and where's your journey kind of taken you like where because yep. you are the highest level in Canada, America. Not in Canada. Oh, sorry. Uh, okay. In, in Australia. In Australia. Yep. Yep. Uh, so APSI, PSIA, American, all these, and then level three Canadian. Yep. Level three race coach, level two. But yeah, so tell us how you got for the person that wants to be a ski instructor. How did you? get all your levels and how did you go to ski resort to ski resort to get all the skills and get the eye that you've developed? Uh, I'm just going to clarify the, the question there. Do you, I think that <laughs> the, the level, the levels part's pretty straightforward. Like if you want to be, you can just like Emma went to Austria to do hers. You did yep. yours in Canada. I did part of mine in Canada, part of mine in Australia. Every country has a certification system. It's pretty easy to, to just Google you know, ski instructor, and there's yeah. so many things that will come up, and and different ways you can do it, and and it's very popular now to do uh, these like programs where, like gap year kind of programs, but you can do it as a sixty year old as well. But you go to Austria for eight weeks, and you do your level one, maybe you do your level two in the same time or something like that. So yeah. they're so they're all around, and they're really great. They're awesome, awesome things. But if you're asking about how did I get better with my with my eyes, yes. I would say, and my movement analysis. Well, one thing that really helped was partway through this journey, I met my wife or my now wife, and I knew that she and I, we didn't really want to, or definitely she didn't want to just do ski seasons forever. She loves the snow, loves skiing, but she's not a ski instructor. Um, I am. So I thought, how can I, what, what am I going to do? I'm going to be a carpenter. If I don't ski instruct, what am I going to do? And then I was in Silver Star and an old uh, housemate, she did what's called structural integration sessions on me, which is like a, a form of body work. But it's very uh, like you do 10 sessions. Session one is all about your hips and uh, shoulders. And then session two is about your feet and your lower back. And so you go through the whole body. And I'd say it's like an education and therapy sort of treatment in one. And what got me was I thought, oh, I'm just going to get massages. That's nice. But I walked away feeling different and I would ski because I was still at Silverstar and I would go, whoa, I can actually feel my skiing is better because this person has helped me be aware of how my joints move and loosen the fascia and all these things. And I went, that's what I'm going to be. Because, again, back to me trying to make things fast like how do I get better faster? Because I was still actually going to try it. That, at that point I was, had I made it? I think I'd made it onto the Australian demo team for the second time as an Alpine skier, so not a Telemark skier. So I was, I'm still like, I need to, we're going to Argentina. I don't want Australia to like just be a mediocre um, association when, you know, we ski down in front of the Italians and Austrians. I want us to stand out and we are some amazing, that team was, I think, probably the strongest Australian team maybe ever. Who uh, was on that team? Can you tell Paul us? Lorenz, yep. Riley McLashen, Richard Jamison, uh, Ant Hill, oh, um, Chris yeah. Allen. Yeah, like it's like, like really. And, and on Solid names of Australian ski, ski industry. <laughs> exactly, especially Riley yeah. and Paul. Like they had a huge following in terms of technical skiing and they, and they are, amazing athletes and so i was still like i i need to get better 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 how can i do it faster and this bodywork stuff helped and so i went you know what that's what i'm going to be i'm going to learn about this because usually you go get a massage you feel relaxed afterwards this i felt different i felt like transformed 
I can remember a run through Silverwoods at Silver Star. There's like a bumpy uh, off-piste run. And I could just remember a specific session working on my inner thighs she'd done. And my legs just were like so natural at absorbing after that. And it's like, if I can give that to someone else without having to tell them things or, you know, that feeling, feelings last, you know, you can recall feelings. So, so that's how it's like, oh, how do I ski this? Oh, that's right. That's the feeling. Yeah. Not a complicated thought or concept. It's just a feeling. Just feeling, yeah. So I, yeah, so I studied structural integration. That started my journey in knowing a lot more and, and really being interested in the, in the body and how it works and alignment. And so that helped my eye because under everyone's ski clothes are all these joints and, and bones. And they're yeah. the things that that move, but with skis, uh, ski clothing on very bulky, it's sometimes hard to see, and and also you know knowing like how much rotation do you have in your hip joint, how much in your, in your lower back compared to your upper back. So now I know all those things, I can look and I can see probably more than the average even high level instructor because I know yeah really detailed about the body and then body. yeah and then people would come in with back pain, knee pain to my clinic. And so I'd watch them walk. So you get really good at gait analysis, which is just like ski analysis. So I was basically practicing my ski movement analysis with everyone that walked in. And then I could take that and transfer that to, to skiing. And yeah. Um, and then, you know, you make mistakes and go, oh, you should do this. And I think this is the problem and it doesn't work. But then that leads to you figuring out what the real problem is. Um, so that's that's the movement is analysis. Is if that you a understand the skeleton, yeah. yeah. That a big part that you share with all these instructors now because when 100%. you go when you go to the what are they called they're not called the worlds what are they called um sorry but, when you go uh, every four years inner skis inner skis <laughs> sorry when you go to the inner skis it's not only about how you ski it's about your teaching as well isn't it so have you played a Absolutely. big part you played a big part in talking hey let's take it back to the body and obviously your ski suit that you wear now <laughs> is <laughs> a lot of that fluoro one love it that's like 80s um that's got a lot to do with that as well yeah so tell us a bit more about that how you how, yeah. how you brought it into instructor well, world yeah i mean at that, at, at that point part. um yeah so then at that inter ski in 2015 which was the second one i went to I was maybe two and a bit years out of finishing studying. So I was still a little bit sort of green and learning, um, but had started, people had started sort of seeking my um, thoughts on on the body. But yeah. I, hadn't, I hadn't been able to help, I guess, like the associations at that point. Now it's more because I don't work with the APSI anymore only because I can't get down to the snow as much and yeah. I've got this other thing going on. What am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say now I get consulted, asked by, so Carve yep. sort of engaged me because of instructing experience and knowing about the body to help with a with an app and, and, a, and a digital insole reader. And then the CSIA have engaged me to help with <clears throat> when they rewrote their manual for the section on biomechanics. Um, so yeah, now I think that's a big, like, I guess, uh, unique point of, of, of where mm-hmm. I'm at is I, I know about that. So people do ask me for my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you about the Carver, but, but, um, what I'm detecting when you're speaking is, um, cause I had a, um, accident. I'm was down at the snow with my daughter and I followed her and then she quickly made a decision and I had a I just couldn't stop in time and I kind of went over a cliff so I went to a Cairo because I was like I can't go that way but I said to him he was saying who do you usually see and I said I usually he does kinesiology and he does um the laser and he you know and and I was explaining to him that you have that ability to read it's this ability to read into like a deeper level of what you're seeing and everything. And I'm picking that up with how you're explaining, like it comes quite naturally to you. Even though you have done all these qualifications. You, you yeah. see all types yeah. of body on the snow, don't you? Like. <laughs> yes, yeah. But I think I know what you're saying, Emma. Like there's something I actually can't really put into words in a way that I yeah. like that I can see. And you would have found that, Tanil, too, in 
Canada, mm. like some of these legends of the of the sport, these legendary ski instructors, they can just see what you're doing wrong from another angle. They just almost can feel what yeah. they can see. And I think that's what I'm really trying to hone in and get better and better at. And that only comes with, with more experience. And like so much of it is being able to feel it in your own body first. Yeah. And so that's a big part of big picture skiing is I try and educate people on how to listen to their own body first because most people just don't. They just so, don't. Like they've got no feeling. So a lot of old kind of instructor so. world is that you give you you tell them, you give them an exercise to try and get them to feel that. Does big picture skiing still convey that or is it more of a conversation that you're having you should feel that at this turn or how about you try this exercise watch my video can can you do that as well yeah yeah and that's that's a good point so for instance one uh video series that is that is really popular is called um three days to dynamic carving so last year i met this lady who was like uh can i book you for a lesson i said no you can't book me for a lesson but if we can ski together and I can video you, then um, can I just test teaching you and, and see what we can do in three days? So never seen Emma ski. We get to um, the snow and I video her and then I just filmed me over the three days what I would teach her in, in a progression yeah. and I put that up. And so you can watch it as someone at her level and go, oh, he's picked on this part of the turn, he's given her these exercises, explained these concepts, and then she skis down and then I explain, see, this is what's changing and, you know, these little incremental changes and then, you know, step two that afternoon, step three the next morning and and I film her reaction because also what's important I think is when the student relays back what they feel and makes yeah. it a bit different to how I say it, like the people learn from that. Like I think it's a really great, learning style when you when you're sitting back and you're kind of like a fly on the wall watching what's going on because when you're being taught sometimes you can kind of miss things because so much going on you you know but when you can watch what's watch an instructor and a person and see that going on and then you know watch it again a week later and you might pick up a, a couple of other things so so to, yeah to your question i've got videos like that now so i teach Crazy. like a girl named chloe in the bumps these two guys named eric uh in the bumps on a on like speed and line control um but the unique thing is cool like in the middle of the you know there's on snow stuff then i can cut and there's me here like now on my ipad drawing and going see like this is what you won't see yeah. i can zoom in compare eric to someone else yeah exactly so that part is very powerful because um like i was just watching some surfing videos before on like this is how you do a good bottom turn and da da da. and it's always showing what's right but mm. then like then i was like where's the guy that's like me you know and, and they yeah. just never show it's just like this okay do this do it. i'm like yeah i get that you know like i can see that but but then i want to see the difference of like what i do someone who's pretty average at it compared to that and see because you just don't know how much more you need to go yeah to get to like what someone really good is doing that's very much a powerful tool isn't it like sometimes as a ski instructor you show them what they're actually looking like you know like you kind of mimic and then they go oh if you haven't got that video so you're replacing that with the video which is really amazing i'm really excited about this (laughs) i'm going to share this like one of the most the coolest things that i reckon i learned or feel as a pretty big discovery was uh, the beginning. So end of last year was about metaphors and analogies. And so humans speak in about five metaphors per minute or analogies per minute. So if, we, if someone was listening to this, yeah. they would have noticed to get my message across, I'm always giving, it's like this. It's as though, da, 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 and you're saying, you're trying to tell me the same thing. Oh, it's like you, you give examples mm-hmm. because you can't learn something unless you have something sort of close to what it was like beforehand. So video analysis is almost like a metaphor because it's not me, but the video of me is like me, 
And yeah. so I can take that and then I can see that. And so I'm like this compared to that. Yeah. So yeah. I'm more green compared to that tree. You know, it's like, so then you've got these two, once you can compare yeah. the brain, like we're always looking for that. And that's such an important thing. And then what you're going to do is you just got to figure out what kind of analogy do I need to give to Neil? What's going to work for Emma? Because yeah. you both have a different life history. And so I need to know like what you can relate to. Then I can go, it's just like whatever yeah. it is yeah. in the past. And, and that's where... I guess it's going to be tough for you because you have to know your student because you get to know that student and that interaction between your student on the snow just by talking to them every chairlift, you know, oh, okay, that's what they're like in life. I can bring that back into this analogy for skiing now. So that's, I liked before that you said that you like to watch their reaction because a lot of the time your next conversation with them comes from their reaction that they've given you. And that's really exciting that you're encompassing it all. It's really yeah. great because I was really, yeah. I was kind of like, well, how is this going to work? You know, like, oh, video, snow, but you're actually covering a, a range, an amazing range of how people yeah. can get a ski lesson from someone sitting in yeah. Northern Beaches, which I never like thought lady, would happen, but it's exciting again. <laughs> yeah, like a lady the other day, she just did three days. Like she said, can I just do coaching for three days? I said, sure. And so... Over the weekend, I'm getting videos and messages from her and I'm sending stuff back and I'm leaning against my garage wall saying, you know, you're doing this and and this is where your pole plan is. Like I feel it's like there. And when I simulate it, like, and I show her, so I go, this is where you are. This is what it's like for me, the difference, send it back. And then, but over those three days, it got better as we both sort of like tuned into like how either of us are, are working. So so these these ten week kind of programs that Sam and I run, they're really effective because you start getting in to a bit of a like, ah, oh, I see how this works, and instead of a one off one off thing, um, it's, it's harder. I, I was just wondering about the. I think the technology works so beautifully in this in this way because I'm I'm familiar with the Slow Coach app as well. But what is the difference between like just getting my head around the Carve app that involves a some kind of piece something in is it in your boot and then yep. the big picture how just outline for us the key differences yeah. okay so so carve c-a-r-v is um a british company that started a while ago and they they have a, an insole that goes under your liner uh in your ski boot and it reads pressure so it's got I think at the moment might be 32, might be more, 48 sensors under your foot. And so it tells like where your fore and aft is, your lateral balance, all that sort of stuff. It, it, it picks up whether you're, you're tilting, so all uh, axes of, of movement, uh, speed, force, a whole bunch of things. And so you hook that up to your smartphone and there's a couple of ways to do it. You can just ski down without headphones in and just get on the lift and then you look at your data and it'll say like, great run. The weakest thing you were doing in that run was your edging. And so, so it says suggests work on edging and then um, and next one, it might be four and a half bounce. You know, you were a bit back that run by like, you know, pretty accurately. It's like you were like 48% back and next run. Oh, look, you jumped up to 57, like, well done and it'll it'll encourage you it's pretty crazy <laughs> so so that that is what can i just jump in and ask and a quick question yeah. sorry just a quick question does it know does it go based on your speed on the slope gradient as well like because you could be back on that run but you might have chosen a different run on your next one sorry uh it doesn't i don't think it's that's coming but at the moment, it's not really got like it, it. It'll know if you're on steep because it's it, it's got a measurement sensor that'll sense whether it is. Awesome. But that's not that's not calculated in the feedback it okay. gives you. Okay. Um, Sorry, but I just still, I think it. yeah, no, that's right, that's right. Um, but so people use that and have had some great success because uh, there's also this one of the best things about it that I like is this monitor mode. So you put your earphones in. And say you do four and a half balance monitor mode. You make a turn 
and within like after that turn is finished and you're just about to start the new one, it'll read out a number to you. So if it reads out 50, it means you're centered. So for that whole entire turn that you just did, if you get a 50, you were centered. You do the next turn and say it says 29, you're back. Yeah. And then the next one, you know, it goes to 72 or something. You're too far forward. So it sort of averages out and you're aiming for 50. So you can in real time get feedback and you can go, why do I keep getting, I get 50s on my left foot, but on my right, it's like 29, 29, 20. You can experiment, you know, you try moving your, your hip forward, you flex your ankle, you, you yeah. do whatever. Yeah. And then you go, oh, whoa, it just went to 42. Something helped. And um, so you can just ski a whole run like that. And the guy, Jamie, who one of the co-founders, his whole goal is to basically not get in the way of skiing. Like he he doesn't like the whole with the app. He almost never wants people to stop. It's like just keep skiing, so you're getting feedback as you go, and you just improve on the on the go. That's awesome. Um, which is a really perfect. cool concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these monitor modes are amazing. So you can do an edge angle one. So you can go down, and for the turn, it'll tell you the maximum edge angle you achieved for each turn. So say it's like forty two, and the other one's like fifty five, and you're like. I can do more than that. And so, and it really works because, you know, at first I'm skeptical. I'm like, ah, oh, what's this piece of technology going to do? And then I put it on and then I find myself going, I need to tip it more. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Emma, your outside ski pressure and all these things. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, sorry, Emma, could you imagine Ben Morass with this on his boot and your husband? <laughs> they would be at us all day. <gasps> what you do? Fifty-seven? No, I got. Like, it would be. It would be competition. Game on. <laughs> yeah, and there's, a, there's there's a worldwide uh, leaderboard, and that's that's, I would, that's yeah, I would it's say, gamified. Like, is it? Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I'm getting yeah. it. Oh, yeah. That'd yeah. Be right. yeah. We'll have to. Well, I don't know if it's good or bad thing or bad thing. <laughs> I would say that when I saw a video of you the the other day, Tom. I mean, just so technically perfect. It was, it was, uh, it was a work of art. And um, my husband and I always say that uh, Tanil and her husband Darren are very technically perfect as well. And uh, and I haven't put you side by side, but when I think about my <laughs> husband and Ben, and they're like extremely strong skiers, and they're cowboys. They are cowboys. So that's like. That's been my apprenticeship. <laughs> I love to keep up with my husband, but, man, I've got to work hard like a maniac. So, yeah, I think it would be awesome just to kind of go, right, I'm just going to concentrate on my edges. This, like, I, yeah, it would be amazing. Yeah, and, there's, and you get to, the cool thing is data. So you just know if you're improving yeah. or not because it just tells you. It's like, did you get more edge angle or not? Did you have better outside pressure on the ski or not? It's very objective. And then um, that's where big picture comes in because you give them the exercises to get more yeah, edge angle to get exactly so yeah to, to understand why you know the way they try and get forward carve is actually still not telling them that they're forward so yeah there's a really cool example of one guy who last season emailed me because he got in touch with carve saying like I feel like I'm so far forward yet carve is telling me I'm back like I'm getting a 28 score. <laughs> and um and he sent me video and I said, Yeah, you're you look fine. The fact that Carve is giving you the wrong score actually means you have a boot fitting issue. I was just because, about to say that. Yeah, because I understand how the boots could mess that up and give this wrong feedback. But mm. still it's um so anyway, he went into gravity in Jindabyne and got his boots adjusted and went out and got video and carve immediately his scores went up to what they should be. And so through that, he fixed a boot fitting problem that might have never been solved because he didn't have the data to begin with and then go down a line of questioning of why is that. I feel so far forward I'm going to fall on my face, but it's telling me I'm back. There's a, there's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason for it and it shouldn't be the way that he had it. So, so this is, yeah, there's so many, like the future for Carve is very, is very cool. There's just, <laughs> you know, you just need a lot, lot more money and different <laughs> things to, uh, to make yeah. it work. It's so it, it kind of lends itself to um, Emma before going when I swap skis. You know, so that would make a difference on carb as well. And, yep. and yep. so when you uh, you talk a lot about the body, how much does equipment 
influence your conversation with the guys that you teach as well because we see it all the time, wrong equipment, Yep. get on this, like Emma skied on fat skis forever in not yep. conditions, but that was her husband. Yep. <laughs> but yep. how? so is that a conversation you have as well with a lot of your yeah. students? Yeah, definitely, yeah. And that part of the, like, the big picture side is building. It's like a, an equipment section on um, just, like, boot fitting setup, binding placement. Oh, that yeah. was a real like like the cool thing about it is I just love it because I'm learning. So because I'm trying to help people, I found this guy up. named Lou Lou Rosenfeld, who's in Canada, and he's actually the guy that's done the most research in the world on the effects of binding placement. So so where your binding is along the length of the ski, like yeah, where the manufacturers say it should be, forward of that or back of that. He's measured with pressure sensors and everything and done stuff with an ex-World Cup racer with just regular, uh, like, you know, skiers. Yeah. And I learned that the binding placement is so important and I started playing with my own bindings and I had a pair of skis that I was, you know, not a massive fan of, changed the binding position, suddenly really enjoyed the skis. They're talking a lot about female binding positions too. It should be forward, more forward set on the ski. Do you, are you in agreement with that or is it depends on the body of the female? D- depends on the body, but in general it seems that way. Um, Can you explain that a little bit more to me? Because I that was kind of new to me three years ago. I was like, whoa, okay. And we kind of just touched on it one of our other podcasts. Yeah, could you, yeah, explain that a little bit? So in terms of the... In terms of why females? women, yeah, why women should be in the um, their body yeah, should be more, set a little bit more forward. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, like a ski works best will carve easiest when the person's center of pressure is right in the middle of the curve of the ski. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. So you you want to be placed there to begin with. Yeah. And so I think in general, like. Uh, females their center of mass tends to be a little bit different when they're in an athletic flex position due to hips and upper body stuff and so um, that's one thing but then two I it's not all manufacturers but I think there is also a tendency when they make a ski they make it for like a 26.5 which is like the average male foot yeah and then kind of shrink it down um, and so there's there's some things like that going on. So if you're not in the size range of what the ski was built for and you're above or below that in, in the length of your foot, then it, it's not just a matter of like basically the same spot works and you just stretch it, the te- toe and the heel out longer to, to accommodate it. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's different from that. Um, and a really easy, like simple sort of test is like, when you're in the right spot with your bindings, if you were to stand on, say, like a, a piece of uh, dowel rod, yep. like, a, like yeah, um, where you should, you should have basically the, the balls of your feet or just behind it should be on the point where you can tip just as easy back mm-hmm. as forward. Yeah. Because then in the middle of a turn, you basically got equal access to pressure the tip more or the tail more with the yeah. same amount of effort. So you start in the middle, you can move more forward just super simply um, yeah. and back to adjust. Um, yeah, so a, that's... Yeah, it's a, just a quick tip to get yourself sorted before you're even on the snow, really. Yeah, yeah. So so I definitely encourage people, you know, to check their binding mount position. And if you've got demo bindings or bindings that are adjustable you can actually do that pretty easy and just do a run and just you know saying this with the word of you know if you don't know what you're doing don't mess around yeah. with this yeah because uh, i take no responsibility for it but you can <laughs> yeah. find some really interesting things like you'll feel it you'll feel your edges in your ski react very differently depending on where the the binding is even like half a centimeter can, yeah um, yeah especially the heart of the snow the firm in the snow. Yeah. Well, I think it's a really, you know, they're just such great resources for if you're just not, yeah, you don't want to lessen from somebody for whatever reason or you just want access to different 
coaches, don't you? Like, you know, you want to seek out your people that you respect rather than get somebody that you've never met before on the day. Yeah. How how are you working with the ski schools doing this? Are they accepting of this or you're not big enough yet that they go, okay, you're you're like, I did, sorry, I didn't mean that to be rude, sorry. Um, (laughs) But I know that if, I know that I get asked all the time, can you teach me skiing? And I go, no, I can't because that's this, like you have to go to the ski school, you know. So I've done many hours in the pub trying to teach them off a bar stool, you know. (laughs) But I'm interested to see how you're going to be able to grow. It's really exciting. I've got ideas. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's, I'll cross that bridge, I guess, when it comes. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't want to take away from ski schools because, okay, what? Like, I would say probably a, like a, a majority of the people that are subscribed to the website already do teach skiing. A lot of them okay. do. Yeah. And so, like, the feedback I get is uh, like, Tom, I just taught the best lesson and someone just requested me again and like for the rest of the week because I accelerated their learning faster and I understand what's going on. And, um, and you know, like when you do an instructor course and even like in-house training, like there's only so much time and you're also working and it's maybe the morning or the afternoon and yeah. um, it's a big group. And so, so I guess I'm just utilising the the fact we can all have phones, you know, the internet. Awesome. To, you got you can just learn some stuff, and then so when you go to your training, you can actually improve further, and you can understand more what that person who's done so much skiing is saying. Yeah. Because you sort of understand some thoughts they've got around it. Um. So yeah, I'm really trying to just level up everyone, um, and make everyone's experience better so i don't see myself as taking away from that and that's why i think i'm talking this week to the csia like the yes top people to just share some ideas around that um because yeah i feel if we can both mm-hmm. win mm-hmm. um it's it's great like you yeah, know that's i mean it makes sense that you're finding ways to to utilize people that have got just want to work on one or two things you're not you're not trying to take away like when someone says, oh, yeah, I'm, um, I don't need a lesson. I've already got an online instructor. That's not, you're not trying to cut the ski schools. No. What I'm really um, noticing when I'm speaking to you, I think, and Tanil and I were talking about this earlier, is that as a ski instructor, um, you have just found a way to to build on that, to to mm. be a ski instructor and to do these other qualifications and and then add to that and to be able to take your ski instructor training to, to be able to do it all all over the world really and you can and be like integrate your um instructor life into an afterlife as a body alignment coach as a as a online coaching academy it's it is quite incredible i yeah where do you see what what is it just growth now in online skiing or um what what's your obviously your functional body um business that's the, yeah that's taking that's definitely taking a backseat i i just see i just want to fill more of the gaps like you know the, any question you have i should have an i should have something around it Without you can doubt. look at yeah to to help with um so that's that's what's in the future and then camps and and clinics that sort of stuff because i've like last year we the whole family went to aspen for just over two and a half weeks and i did some training for the aspen ski school and that was amazing and so i got to meet all these instructors there and share my ideas and do some evening lectures and i did that for whistler a couple of years before and um for silver star and sun peaks and so there are now people around the world that are inviting me so when I mean, at the end of the day, I, like I've loved all the people and the relationships I've made through this. Yeah. And um, and that's the exciting part, being able to go to different places. And, um, you know, I want to go to the east coast of America and, you know, some of these smaller hills and meet the – because those people there are so obsessed with skiing because, you know, it's pretty small hills, uh, it's cold, Um yeah, so I just hope for me, I hope it like 
this is this is one one of my life dreams to almost ski to ski every in every country in the world that you can ski I want to ski I've said to my kids one of my life goals is to ski every ski resort in the world and I said and if I die you have to take my ashes and sprinkle them on all the places I haven't been and their reply their reply was oh god that sounds really exhausting <laughs> how, do people, how do people access all these resources where yeah. do they go how do we get there? I'm excited. Yeah. Well, so bigpictureskiing.com, just as it sounds, is the the website. And there's actually a three-day free trial. So you can test it out and and see if it's for you and try out some of the videos. So that's how you find that side of things. Carve is... uh, I think we'll just search C-A-R-V on Google or I think it's getcarve.com. And they're the two main things yeah. actually. And you can, oh, you can find me on YouTube, uh, Tom Gelly, Big Picture Skiing. Instagram is Big Picture Skiing. Facebook is Big Picture Skiing. And uh, I should say YouTube, there's a heap of free videos I've made over the years as well if you sort of just want to get a taster. Nice. I've got some little like stretching and mobility uh videos for skiers on there and um and then carve i should say on the carve youtube channel they've got a lot of really good free content and last year we made three awesome videos and the production quality is amazing they flew a guy out from austria to do that with me and yeah and we got like perfect conditions and um there's a couple of good topics like how uh um how to deal with tougher terrain so getting off piste which I think a lot of people, the, yeah. your listeners probably are sort of like, oh, that's that's quite difficult, especially in Australia where it's not this perfect Canadian dry powder snow. Mm-hmm. And I actually should say I got a, one, a guy the other day said, you know, that video, all three tips that I mentioned that, he was like, I just tried all of them and it made all the difference. Mm-hmm. So so uh, it was great to get some, you know, it's not just, yeah, I put that out there and it's all going to work, but it, it, it some, some actual it feedback. It, it was helping, yep. Yeah. Do you do a lot in powder as well? I mean, it's not like people, it's mined more than anything in powder. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, not yet. And it's, I mean, part of the problem is like who wants to film a video on a powder day? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I was going to, you know, Mike Wiggly's where everyone, you know, it's it's powder. Uh, but yeah. like, yeah, that's the last thing I think anyone, anyone <laughs> yeah, that's true. why there's not many videos on how to ski powder because no one wants to teach it on a powder that's day. That's so funny, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's a good, uh, it's, it, it's going to be in there because that's, that's people want to know and, um, in fact, actually, I'll shout out to my friends, Paul and Riley. They're projected productions. They have a, a video by a guy named Jonathan Ballou on powder skiing. And, um, okay. So, yeah, so there is that's, and that's a really good one. He's, he's a great instructor from Aspen. And um, to finish up, our last question is what's your favorite ski resort to ski at? Whitewater Ski Resort in oh, British Columbia. British Columbia. Mm. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, the Byron Bay. And it's probably the Byron Bay of like 30 years ago yeah. of the ski resorts, I feel like, and like amazing terrain, great snow. You can't stay on the mountain, so it's sort of like feels like it's a bit of a special place you have to drive up. It's probably not dirt any dirt road anymore, but no. it has this peak called Wyamere Peak, like right above like the sort of main area. So. Yeah, it looks small, but it's it's deceivingly like yeah. so and the much town terrain. Nelson, the, Nel- the yeah. little town there is awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah. Whitewater is the only place that I have actually cross country skied in Canada. <laughs> it was down oh, the really? bottom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in that little spot there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, and then we got to ski the hill, obviously as well. But yeah, that's an um, yeah. Oh. oh, thank you so much for today and your time and expertise, and I, I'm just really excited for people that they should really not consider ski instructing to be a seasonal thing but a a real stepping stone and just to build on the knowledge and take it in so many directions and you're an epitome of that so yeah thanks yeah yeah absolutely I'd like if someone's really into their skiing like both you know all of us have done it we started out doing an an instructor course like just a level Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. and I think if you if you're really into skiing or you want to fast track it like that's that's your first step 
because then you, you learn so many basic fundamental things there. And then, you know, something like what I've got is just adding to that, to the person that, you know, just really wants to the deep dive and, and get good at skiing. Yeah, yeah cool. amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. If you've learned a handy tip or two, then happy days. To catch all our episodes, subscribe on iTunes. It's free. Head over to www.lovingthesnowlife.com.au for more info and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Loving the Snow Life. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, then email us on our website. Thanks to everyone who leaves a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to share our episodes on your social media.